0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: Federal News Network's open season hotline. Today's question, my spouse wants to enroll under my family plan for 2022. What does he need to do to cancel his own current health plan? Any changes made during open season will take effect the first day of the first full pay period in January. You and your spouse should check the Enroll website at OPM for agency-specific information or contact your respective Human Resources office for instructions on canceling or changing coverage. Check out our open season hotline. Head over to federalnewsnetwork.com and search open season hotline. You can post a question there or call 344-305-1500. That's 844-305-1500. Send us your questions. We'll read the answers daily at 7 past the hour here on the Federal Drive. It's been nearly two years since Congress directed the military services to appoint independent cyber advisors. The new offices went through some initial growing pains, but they're starting to find their footing within the DOD's vast bureaucracy now. For more Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday. And Justin, give us the backstory on these cyber advisors. Why did Congress want them in the first place?
2: Right. Well, the, the fiscal year 2020 NDAA actually directed the military services to appoint an, an individual to serve as the uh, the principal advisor to the secretary of the service on all cyber matters. And the law requires the position to be independent of other offices like the chief information officer and it's actually the equivalent of a three-star general officer so it's it's pretty high ranking and essentially congress wanted these positions set up to make sure that the services were were paying attention to cybersecurity Amid all the other things that they have to each individually worry about, as as you know, the Army, Navy, and the Air Force, uh, respectively. And so these uh, these independent advisors each have been in place for about a year for each of the services, but they're just now getting their feet underneath them, as it takes quite a while to I guess to get to get things started uh, within the Defense Department. Uh, Chris Cleary, he's principal cyber advisor for the Navy, and he's no stranger to the Navy. He, he served in the service, and the, and then he was the chief information security officer before. He was principal cyber advisor. He spoke at the GovExec Summit this week about uh, the challenges associated with standing up the new position.
0: There were a few bumps when when the organizations were standing up. It was something required by Congress. Nobody likes being told what to do necessarily. It was a new position. There were some challenges associated with getting the offices stood up. And each of the services responded a little bit different in the way that they adopted or or embraced the principal cyber advisors within their services. And I think for the most part, we're beyond that. And now we're really getting into the the, the the functions of what it is we're supposed to be doing.
1: And that's Chris Cleary, the Navy's cyber advisor. What exactly, Justin, are their responsibilities now?
2: Well, they actually have pretty broad uh, authorities to oversee policies and programs that affect cyberspace within each of the services. So that, that means they're looking at training and recruiting, acquisition of offensive and defensive cyber capabilities, the security of the services uh, industrial base, They're the contractors that that provide the services with with different things, the cybersecurity of, of both IT systems and weapon systems. So it's a pretty broad portfolio there. The principal cyber advisors also have this interesting authority to actually certify the cyber budgets of each of the services. So around the time when the services are submitting their budgets up the chain at the Pentagon, these cyber advisors will actually look at the relevant cybersecurity portions of those budgets and, and certify as to whether they're adequate or not. And that doesn't mean that they can necessarily change them, but they'll tell their service secretary whether they think it's right or wrong. So Terry Mitchell, he's, he's the Army's principal cyber advisor. He spoke at an event hosted by FCW earlier this fall, a little bit about w- what that budget authority really
3: means. I wouldn't say they're really budget authorities as much as accountability to make sure that the money that we put into cyber is pushing us to the right. When I met with the staffers, and you, you know, kind of wonder why they created the PCA, it's really an ability to kind of push the services to look toward the future and say, okay, can I basically show the metrics of, if I give you a dollar, do you get a dollars worth of cyber?
1: And that's Terry Mitchell, the principal cyber advisor for the Army. We were speaking with Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday. Now, these cyber advisors, Justin, also have a role in recruiting and training also?
2: That's right. You know, the way the military is set up, cyber forces, along with all other forces, are recruited and trained by the services and, and then handed over to the combatant commands for actual operations. And so in the case of cyber, the uh, the Cyber Mission Force is, is, is recruited and trained through each of the services and then handed over to U.S. Cyber Command. And, and that force is expected to grow here in the coming years. It's currently comprised of about 133 teams and 6,200 personnel. The Pentagon is asking for more money next year to, to grow it by four teams. And the Pentagon is also reviewing its cyber strategy next year, and that could result in requirements for even more cyber forces down the road. Principal cyber advisors will kind of be key agents in ensuring the services are recruiting and retaining the right kind of cyber forces, putting the right amount of effort into doing that and, and getting their recruiting and training requirements right on the cyber side of things. And what can we expect next? Well, as the services are putting together their budgets for fiscal year 2022, they're kind of in the end game of that now. And the, the Pentagon is kind of in the end game in, in terms of putting together their budgets for fiscal year 2023. Um, you'll see them have a real crack uh, at actually reviewing and certifying the cybersecurity elements of those budgets here for, for the first time. Uh, they'll have to report to both the service secretary and the Congress on res- the results of that review. And you'll see them try to ensure that each of the services, you know, despite their big differences culturally and mission-wise, will be reading from the same sheet when it comes to cyberspace. Here's Chris Cleary again. Trying to make sure
0: our functions stay aligned with each other. So, you know, whatever the Air Force decides to go do down the road doesn't look completely different from the duties and responsibilities of the Navy or the Army. So there there is consistency of message. There is consistency of responsibilities. Because when you think cyber, a lot of it is common to all the services, like electricity almost, right? You know, it's common to everybody, particularly when you talk about enterprise IT systems. There's not a lot of difference between the Navy deploying one and the Air Force, the Army deploying another.
1: That's Chris Cleary principal cyber advisor for the Navy and as far as we know they don't have CMMC responsibility yet though do they
2: Well they would would have some input into that process as part of their responsibilities to oversee the security of the industrial base and and the security of the cybersecurity of contractors that make up each of their services industrial base they're, they're not necessarily within the acquisition lane of things in terms of the Pentagon's acquisition directorate, but they would conceivably have have some input there on on how the best way forward for that issue.
1: All right. Be careful what you wish for. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Tom. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host,
3: Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA.